day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Your heart is deceitful. It's so deceitful and wicked that your heart can actually deceive you to where you believe your own lies. Your heart's lying to you, by the way. When you go home tonight, you look yourself in the mirror, you are looking at the biggest liar in your life. Your heart is deceiving you. It is lying to you. It is deceitfully wicked. Don't follow the advice to just follow your heart. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he shares with you that following that advice is probably one of the worst things you could do. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked and that no one can truly know it. Instead, seek and ask the Lord for His counsel. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired in Truth podcast or download the Inspired in Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 8, and here it is, and we're going to spend some time on this if you don't mind. They did not obey, and here's that word, or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Now what's God going to do? Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant. It's a covenant after all, not a contract, a covenant, unbreakable covenant, which I commanded them to do, but which they have not done. Okay, bear with me, because to me this is far and away the takeaway from this chapter, as far as I'm concerned, because it is speaking very clearly to following of the Lord and obedience to the Lord, and not following our own hearts. Now, did you see the the way that Jeremiah is inspired by the Holy Spirit and commanded by God to speak this? So he starts out first by saying, this is what you did and did not do. You did not obey or incline your ear. But then he also says, this is why you didn't do it. This is a textbook case of the why behind the what. What's the what? The what is they did not obey. They did not incline their ear. It was not their inclination. They had no inclination to incline their ear to hear and obey the Word of God. That's what. Well, why? Oh, because you weren't following the Lord because you were following your own heart. You can't do both. It's one or the other. If Matthew chapter 6 and that famous sermon that Jesus preached, we affectionately refer to it as a Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. He does not say, you should not, it would be a pretty good idea if you did not, I would highly recommend. No, you cannot. 
It's either one or the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You're either going to serve the one and hate the other, or vice versa. But it cannot be both. It's either or. So either I'm following my own heart, or I'm following the Lord, and inclining my ear to hear and obey the Word of God. But see, if I am dull of hearing, we talked about this last week, we'll see it again obviously, but dull-hearted, dull of hearing, their ears are, are stopped. <laughs> By the way, this is not a, a thing of, well, I, I, I didn't really know. No, no, you knew. This is a deliberate, decisive disobedience on their part. Unless we come down too hard on them, we would do well, all of us, myself included, to really allow the Holy Spirit to search our own hearts concerning this. Because again, there's this really strong magnetic pull, and the metal shavings of our flesh are all too inclined to be attracted to that pull, the pull of our heart. Because our heart dictates, dictates. That's an interesting word, isn't it? It's the word where we get dictator. Does that put it into perspective? Why do I point that out? Because everyone followed the dictates, their heart, their evil heart, that's deceitfully wicked, dictated, was the dictator, dictated what they did. They were following whatever the dictation. If Am I taking it too far? You'll never see that word the same again. This is a dictatorship. Oh, really? Who's the dictator? Oh, (laughs) my own heart is dictating to me. And what do I do? I follow the dictates of my evil heart. See, the problem is there's a covenant here, (laughs) and it cannot be broken. By the way, I don't want to get into the whole marriage thing. Maybe that's another topic for another time, but marriage is a covenant, an unbreakable covenant. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. Huge difference. They're not synonymous in terms. And what God, through the prophet Jeremiah, is declaring to them is, you have broken the covenant. And this is what you've done to break the covenant, and this is why you did it. So what do I do about it? Stop following that dictator, the dictatorship of your evil heart, and incline your ear. You know, I think about when Jesus said that, you know, the, the, the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and there are those for whom we all owe a great debt of gratitude to that have written about this, where the sheep can really detect a different voice, because their ears, like a tuning fork, are tuned to that particular voice of that shepherd. So let's say the shepherd calls in sick. Again, you'll forgive my illustrations. These are all I got. If you got better ones, just let me know. So the shepherd calls in sick one day. We have to bring in the substitute shepherd. And the sheep are going, who are you? I don't recognize that voice. No, my sheep know my voice. It's that still, small voice 
of the Holy Spirit. You know when the Lord is speaking to you, and I'm not talking audible, it doesn't have to be audible. The Lord will speak to you if we would but incline our ears to hear. This is why throughout Scripture we read time and time again with ears to hear. Just because you have ears does not mean you hear. Throughout the seven letters in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, let him who has an ear hear. Again, you'll forgive the illustration, but I I just picture it's kind of like, you know, the, the rhetorical question, raise your hand if you have an ear. Well, I've got two. You ever wonder about that? You got two of them things. And you know what's really interesting and conspicuously absent from those things? You don't have ear lids. You have eyelids. Again, I know that's a, but do you get the point that we don't have, we don't need ear lids because we, we shut our ears without ear lids. We don't need, <laughs> am I taking it too far? No? Are we okay? Are you guys good? Here's how it works. Last thing, we'll move on. Some of you are saying, please. So I'll use this example. When I was a kid growing up, my mom, when when she would yell at me, which was all the time, <laughs> and rightfully so, I deserved it. I was, oh, she, and she would say things to me like, did your parents say this to you? You wait till you have children of your own. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then you have your own children, you go, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're right. I had no, I'm so sorry if I'd have known. Anyway, uh, back to my example. So she would yell at me in that high-pitched voice. She was a soprano, by the way, and vocalist. Oh man, she could hit. I mean, the octave was I don't know what, maybe Capono knows, but I mean, this was way up there, way up there. And she would hit this one, this one key, this one octave that was so high pitched, and she would say my name, and the way she would say in that way, in that high pitch was, Wahido! Whatever, I can't reach it. Again, maybe you can't Capono, but when she hit that, I heard nothing. All I heard after that was, I shut my ears. I no longer heard, oh, she's still speaking, really yelling at me, but I'm not listening to a word she says. Okay, enough about me. Let's talk about you now. How about when you're in a conversation with somebody, and they're talking, talk, 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 and you're not really listening. In fact, you're thinking, I need to end this conversation because it's going on way too long. And you're thinking, but you're courteous, and you've gotten good at it over the years. So you insert the, hmm, you know, at the right time, and this, that, right, and oh, wow, that's interesting. And then they'll ask you a question, you go, hmm, and then you're busting, they realize you weren't really listening. No, what'd you say? What'd you say? You weren't listening. Just because you have an ear doesn't mean that you heard what I said. Let him who have an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And every single one of the seven letters ends that same exact way. And even in the Old Testament, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. Just because you have an ear doesn't mean you can hear. So again, before we move on, here's the takeaway. 
the reason why we don't follow the Lord, obey the Lord, incline our ears to the Lord, is because we can't do both. We're following our heart, the dictates of our evil heart. Your heart will lead you, without exception, down the wrong road. Why? Because, chapter 17, verse 9, your heart is deceitful. It's so deceitful and wicked that your heart can actually deceive you to where you believe your own lies. Your heart's lying to you, by the way. When you go home tonight, you look at yourself in the mirror, you are looking at the biggest liar in your life. Your heart is deceiving you. It is lying to you. It is deceitfully wicked. So have a nice evening. Let's move on to verse 9. And the Lord said to me, now this is interesting, a conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back, verse 10, to the iniquities of their forefathers who refused, and here it is again, to hear my words and They have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. So again, here's the why behind the what. Why did they refuse? And by the way, refuse is deliberate, right? That's a conscious refusal. It's deliberate. It's decisive. You made the decision to refuse. I decline. I refuse to hear the words. Why? Oh, because I've gone after these other gods. Therefore, verse 11, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will surely bring calamity on them which they will not be able to escape. And though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry out to the gods to whom they offer incense, but they will not save them at all in the time of their trouble. Now this is kind of a difficult passage because there are many who are quick to start conversations like, well, that's not fair. What do you mean if they cry out to God, He's not going to listen to them. No, you have to understand, and we're going to see this in a moment, they have deliberately rejected the Lord. And they brought this on themselves. And they're serving these other gods, and God's saying, you made your decision, your mind is made up, your heart is hardened, your fate is sealed, you've already made it very clear, and I'm not going to force myself on you. Look, you don't want to worship me. You want to worship these other gods? I, I, I can't force you to worship me. I don't want your worship if I have to force you to worship me. Think of it like a parent. I always try to bring it into the context and frame it in the family dynamics between a father and a, a child, as a father myself, an earthly fallen father. If my children don't want to spend time with me, I'm not going to force them. And even if I did, what kind of, I mean, look at it. We're done yet? Let's talk about what we refer to as devotions and quiet time with the Lord, right? Oh man, I got to get up in the morning and I got to spend some time in prayer. 
Really? Can you imagine what that must do to the heart of God? It's like, no. It's a got to, not a get to. You got to? Don't bother. I don't, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be what you want to do, that of your own volition you desire to be with me. You want to worship me. You want to spend time with me. If it's like that, then, and we're going to see this. It's a very difficult passage in James. We see it throughout Scripture. We're told that God is a jealous God. Now, we're always, sadly, we frame it in terms of a fleshly, carnal jealousy. It's not like that. He wants fully devoted hearts. This is Second Chronicles 16.9, when the prophet says to King Asa, who blew it, man. And by the way, Josiah, who was king at the time, a good king of Judah. There were only nine, by the way, in Judah, southern Judah. In northern Israel, the northern tribes, not one good king. Every king in northern Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. In Judah, they only had nine good kings, and Josiah was one of them. But eight of the nine kings blew it and messed up. I mean, they started out great. This King Josiah is going to come up at the end of the chapter, and we'll try to get there as quick as we can. I don't want to rush through this, though. I think the Lord has something for us here. But this King Josiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, very pleasing to God. He was a good king. And he was the king at the time that Jeremiah was the prophet and prophesying. But what Josiah did was he tore down all of these these idols that the Israelites, God's people in Judah, were worshiping. All of the Baals, he was tearing them down and burning them up. And uh, that didn't sit too well with some that we're going to be introduced to here at the end of the chapter, because they were making a lot of money off of these things. And here comes Josiah, and he tears them down. And here comes the prophet Jeremiah, preaching his doom and gloom. (laughs) Actually, we're going to see that word here. I love it. I underlined it in my Bible, so there. But here's this uh, prophet preaching doom and gloom. We got this king that's tearing down all these idols. You just basically cut our income, not just in half, but you've basically taken away our livelihood. And that's not okay. And that's actually one of the reasons why they want to kill Jeremiah. Well, God's saying, listen, you've already made your choice. You want to worship these gods. You're offering incense to these gods. Well, why don't you go to your gods then in your time of trouble? Why, Why are you coming to me? You're worshiping them and coming to me? No, it doesn't work like that. For according, verse 13, to the number of your cities were your gods. Oh, Judah, that's a a lot of gods. (laughs) And according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, you have set up altars to that shameful thing. I don't want to know. That's enough information for me. Well, I I don't know what that is, but there are some commentators that make some suggestions, and I really, that's TMI for me. Shameful, abhorrent, unthinkable, unspeakable, altars to burn incense to Baal. So, verse 14, do not pray for this people, or lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them. 
in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. Does this sound familiar? It should, because we just read this before, where God basically says to Jeremiah, stop praying for him. Don't waste your breath, because I'm not going to listen or answer the prayer. They've already made up their minds. And they've already hardened their hearts. They've already made their decision. They've already decided to serve these other gods. So stop praying for them. And I'm not going to get in depth into it. We spent quite a bit of time on it last time. But there does come a time when God will release you from praying for someone. And this could be for a number of reasons. Sometimes it's because God will not listen. It's already too late. They've already sealed their fate. Now verse 15, we turn this very interesting corner of sorts. Listen to the the verbiage, the way God has Jeremiah say this. What has my beloved to do in my house? Oof, that hurts. Because you know what that's saying? You're my beloved. I love you. I still love you. But apparently you don't love me. Having done lewd deeds with many, think about as a husband, this is your beloved, this is your wife, and she's done lewd deeds with many, and the holy flesh has passed from you. And listen to this, when you do evil, then you rejoice. Wait, what? So my beloved has done lewd deeds with many. I don't want to know any more about that. That's enough. It's already TMI. And the holy flesh has passed from you. You have done evil. And not only have you done evil, that's bad enough on its face, but you do the evil, then you rejoice in the evil you did. You're boasting in it. You're rejoicing in it. You're posting it on social media. Does that help bring it into the, that's what they were doing. They were actually proud of the evil that they were doing. They were rejoicing in the evil they were doing. The Lord, verse 16, called your name, green olive tree, lovely and of good fruit, the endearing names, the name is the nature. And you know, it's, it's picture it like this. You know, my wife and I, when we were first married, we had those cute names we called each other. I'm not going to tell you what they were. Very sappy, right? You know, oh, well, the most common ones are, oh, you know, cupcake or sweetie pie or pumpkin. And pumpkin is, anyway, we, I never called my wife pumpkin. Just nothing against pumpkins. I just it didn't quite fit. I had other names. Again, I'm not telling you, no matter what you try to do, you're not getting it out of me. But it's just, we, I, we had these pet names. These were, it was, it was, I I remember, I'm in the office, this is a long time ago in a land far, far away. I'm very professional, you know, wearing my suit. Yes, that'll be fine. We'll go ahead and confirm that. Excuse me, can you just hold for a minute? I have another call on line two. It's my wife. Which line two? 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth.